Welcome to Psyched for Psychology, a Nystrom and Associates podcast. Our hosts, Michelle Iverson and Brett Cushing, are both licensed marriage and family therapists at Nystrom and Associates. Each week, they talk about all things mental health and therapy, and you get a chance to dive into specific psychology topics that help promote personal development and wellness. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle and Brett. Hello, my name is Brett Cushing. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist with Nystroman Associates. We welcome you to our podcast, Psyched for Psychology. I'm Michelle Iverson, also a licensed marriage and family therapist at Nystrom. This podcast is provided by Nystrom and Associates, which is a premier mental health center with over 30 locations across Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa. Nystrom offers mental health services that include therapy, medication management, community-based services, substance use treatment, and more. You can learn more about us and our services by visiting our website at nystromcounseling.com. Our audio podcast can now be found on all major podcast platforms and episodes will be released weekly on Tuesday mornings. Our podcast also has a new podcast email, which is podcast at nystromcounseling.com. That's podcast at nystromcounseling.com. We want to hear all of your feedback and comments, and we'd love to hear ideas for upcoming episode topics that you would be psyched to hear us talk about. For our podcast today, we wanted to talk about this idea of you are who you choose to be. Wow, that's an interesting title. We have this idea that we have choice over who we're going to be. And I would imagine some people hear that and think, yeah, but, mm-hmm. yeah, but I am who I am. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know what I came from and right. you don't know what's happened to me. And yeah, but this and yeah, but that. So that title, while it sounds very empowering, can also elicit, I think, within people a lot of yeah, buts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so what we're kind of hoping to do today is to illustrate that that happens for a lot of people and actually relates to something we talk about a lot in therapy, this idea of mindsets and this idea of emotional regulation, because those two are pretty tied closely together. And so we're going to talk a little bit more today about those yeah buts, which are very understandable, of course, but we're also going to talk about how that initial title that we talked about today that idea, you are who you choose to be, could still be true and still be present, even if we're thinking about all those potential yeah buts. So we figured we'd kind of talk first about that idea of emotional regulation before we talk about mindsets. So what is emotional regulation? We are talking about our ability to control our own emotions, our own emotional state, and how this impacts our mindset when it comes to how we see ourselves, how we see other people, and even how we see our world. So when we think about negative emotions, that's normal. We as human beings, as a part of the human being experience is to have negative emotions. But as therapists, if we were working with somebody who's really having a hard time regulating, managing their own negative emotions, um, then we'd really want to work with them on trying to figure out how can we, you know, help you learn how to engage in healthy emotional regulation. Uh, the inability to regulate our own emotions can cause a lot of problems for a lot of people. Uh, we might start to overreact uh, to 
what would be kind of a typical or understandable negative emotion or experience. We might start to act out towards other people. We might start to bottle up all of our feelings, which then we find tends to backfire in lots of unique ways. So true. We could just become apathetic or even emotionally flooded and shut down, none of which really sounds good. As therapists, we want our clients to be able to self-regulate their emotions, especially these negative ones. So one thing that kind of helps us is start to figure out what kind of mindset do we have? And that is so true. And it's really highlighted a book uh, by Carol Dweck. Carol Dweck, for those who are listening, her last name is D-W-E-C-K. Carol Dweck, and she wrote a book called Mindset. And she highlights two different kinds of mindsets that we find ourselves in. One is a fixed mindset and one is a growth mindset. And so notice in the, even in the title, we are who we choose to be. That would be a growth mindset. The idea is that I get to choose who I'm going to be. I get to control my life. It is my Mm -hmm. life after all. Whereas a fixed mindset is really uh, captured in all the yeah buts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I've never been able to do this. Yeah, but you don't know what I uh, what's happened to me. Mm-hmm. And while we want to validate that, we also don't want to fall into this fixed mindset. And so a great e- example for me that inspires me is my daughter, Angie. I am so impressed in so many ways by her. She's the one who actually introduced me to this whole idea of growth mindset. Mm-hmm. And it, w- it was inspiring her. It, it has inspired me. And I remember, this was so cool, Michelle, when she was in high school, we would go uh, to, what is it? I think Dick's Sporting Goods. Yeah. And we would you know have the rock climbing wall. Oh, yeah. And I remember my boys would just kind of go right up the wall and mm-hmm. she'd be about 10 feet up. Yeah. And like, really struggling, a <laughs> sincere terror going on at about 10 feet. And yeah. I'm trying to trying to validate her emotions and try to push her a little bit more. And she's like, no, dad, no, I don't want to go any farther. And it was the epitome of a fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. And now she actually is not doing rock climbing walls. She's actually in the mountains regularly climbing walls there. It is. It's so, and she really confronted this. I have a ton of respect and it really inspires me because it captures the impact of a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. We can really change our lives. They can be transformed just by how we choose to think. So mm-hmm. for me, uh, one of the things I tend to do in my fixed mindset is I tend to think, well, I'm no good at this. Mm-hmm. And so I tend to, because I've, I grew up and I still have ADHD, I tend to think of myself in in terms of having deficits. Mm-hmm. And so with that thought process, I naturally kind of default to, well, I'm no good. Mm-hmm. And so if I forget something, which happens, <laughs> especially if you have ADHD, you forget, I can default to I'm no good. And so what I've tried to do to sort of highlight this mm-hmm. fixed mindset is I just say it out loud and I say it in kind of a funny way. And I, I, if my wife says, hey, you forgot to take out the garbage again, mm-hmm. I would verbalize what I'm actually telling myself in my fixed mindset. Like, I know I'm no good. I stink. And when I first started doing that, she would say, don't do that. I, I hate it when you do that because it is so self-invalidating. And I said, no, no, I need to do this. In therapy, we call this prescribing the symptom. And so what it is, is I'm, I'm really 
behaving in terms of my symptom. I do this internally and I tell myself this. And when I actually verbalize it, I'm sort of confronting myself with what? My fixed mindset that I'm no good. Absolutely. Oh man, it's, it's, and it's fun because we laugh when I do this. I, I'm no good. I stink. And just hearing that confronts me. My wife's doing it now. Do you do the Eeyore voice too? You know, I think I do actually. Yeah, that's a really good question. I do. Um, cause it really enhances it and magnifies It it. So if I say to my wife, Hey, you know, you, you know, I need you to pick up your dishes, you know, and she I know, I'm no good. And so my son's doing it, you know, and it's really fun. It's really helpful because it confronts this negative perpetual mm-hmm. uh, default we have towards invalidating ourselves. So that's the, that fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be even in a general term. A lot of times it's it's specific. I'm no good at math. Mm-hmm. I'll never be good at math. Mm-hmm. I I hate school. I, mm-hmm. I will never like school. Uh, whatever it is, we, that's fixed. Mm-hmm. And we believe that. Absolutely. So we can change that with a growth mindset. You know, I've got a perfect example of that for myself, too. Yes. I grew up with that fixed mindset, um, which ended up causing a lot of negative emotions around the idea of running. I hated running growing up. I hated having to do it for gym class. I hated having to run a times mile. I really convinced myself and set that fixed mindset for myself of, you can't do this. Uh, everybody is better than me at this. Um, that this idea of like becoming a runner, being a runner, enjoying running is impossible. How could that possibly happen for me? And so it really kind of took until being an adult and finally deciding, you know what, what if I were to shift into a growth mindset? What if instead of really feeling like I have to be perfect at this, I were to just Mm. try, just try it out and see what happens. And actually the pandemic actually ended up being a really good opportunity for me for this. So that's when you started? That's when I started. Um, 2020, I mean, can't go to the gym, everything shut down. So I was like, I'm going to go outside and just go for a run, right? And take all the expectations of that just off and just do it and see what happens. And it was that shift of suddenly like, I can't do this to suddenly I am. I might not be very good at it. That's okay. Um, That's not really the point, you know? Even now, like I just recently ran a 10 mile race. I never in my life would have thought that I would have been able to do that. Uh, and 10 miles? 10 miles. And it was over by the U of M campus. Very, very hilly. Um, very difficult. <laughs> very impressive. <laughs> but it, and it wasn't about the time of it. It was that idea of um, look at that growth. And that could not have happened if I allowed myself to stay in that fixed mindset. Wow, that is inspiring. And uh, I think about that. And I think 10 miles all at once. Mm-hmm. On purpose. On purpose. purpose. Who wants to do that is my question. (laughs) I don't even like taking the stairs at work. But that is impressive. And it's a great example of what the growth mindset does for Mm -hmm. our lives. And I think it's Carol Dweck in her book. She highlights Mm -hmm. an example of growth mindset in the context of running. And there was, for years, uh, for millennia, the idea that the human body we've discovered it cannot run a mile in under, I think, five Five minutes. minutes. Yeah. And so 
that we just sort of accepted that. Like, well, all right, we know now, and everybody sort of heard this, understood it, that, okay, this is all we can do. Mm-hmm. And then there was a man who had never heard about this. Mm-hmm. He was unenlightened, okay? And what he was really unenlightened to was this fixed mindset. Yeah. And he, not having this fixed mindset, he ran, he was setting out and actually ran a mile mm-hmm. in under five minutes. Now, that in itself is noteworthy. It's mm-hmm. remarkable. But what's really remarkable that really points to the the import of this growth mindset is that same year when word got out that one person had actually ran the mile in under five minutes mm-hmm. in that same year, a number of other people ran a mile in under five minutes. Yep. It's just mind-boggling to me mm-hmm. how how powerful it is that we have this growth mindset, how it can change our lives. It can change in, in the results we see. Uh, I think a lot of people listening uh, might be saying things that I can relate to. Like, I, I'll never be able to lose weight. And that's a tricky one. There's a lot of variables with that. However, one thing we want to highlight is if we're already believing in a fixed mindset, we're we're really... Uh, to use the metaphor we're talking about, we're really running uphill the whole time uh, and making it extremely difficult for us with that fixed mindset. If a lot of people, um, a lot of our listeners are recording our episode we did before on change, we talked a lot about why change is hard. Um, change is even harder if we are stuck in a fixed mindset because um, our whole approach to everything is really just centered on this notion change can't occur. And I don't think that's the same thing as just being like pessimistic. Um, I think that you are truly struggling with this concept that myself, other people, even the world um, doesn't have that potential to like change, grow, become more. Um, so by changing from fixed to growth, we're, we're starting to see that even the world, everything can become a learning opportunity. Mm. So just like for all those runners, they saw one person do it, it would have been really easy to dismiss that and be like, oh, that was one person. One person broke that record. But now everybody started to move into a growth mindset that we could do that too. And so we kind of listed out a couple, you know, illustrations, examples of a fixed mindset and what that could look like. Um, Times in which we tell ourselves, just like we gave examples of, I'm no good at this. Everybody else is smarter, better than me at this. Um, that's going to be impossible. I can't possibly try. I'm perfect. I failed. There's no in between. That's all fixed. But we've got a couple examples of some other mindsets that people could learn to adopt instead. Absolutely. And it, like we said that you said actually in the beginning with our title, it's our choice. Mm-hmm. And that's really powerful for us to try to remember and and choose to believe that I have choice. I have the opportunity. I have the ability in and of itself with my choices to turn my life around. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, it's not that simple. Mm -hmm. It's not only that. We're not a bunch of power of positive thinking people who say, (laughs) you know, you just need to think about rainbows and unicorns and your life is going to be great. No, I think we're realists. (laughs) Yeah, we want to keep it real here. But we want to say that if we stay in that fixed mindset, mm-hmm. we're just going to be spinning our tires. Just like you know, when you get a, a heavy winter snow and you're just spinning your tires, a mm-hmm. fixed mindset is just like that. We're not really going to go anywhere if we have mm-hmm. a fixed mindset. Growth mindset doesn't mean, hey, everything's going to change overnight right. and I'm going to achieve all my goals. What it, what it might mean 
is at least we're going to start to get some traction. Yes. And once we, I think about that, when we have our cars stuck in the snow and, and maybe someone's helping us, they're rocking in and out and it's frustrating because we're just spinning the tires and we say, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to, I'm going to have to call the tow truck. Nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. But notice the hope we get when all of a sudden we think, Hey, wait, I'm getting some traction here and we have tons of hope and we believe, Hey, I'm going to get out. Mm-hmm. So really that's what we're trying to convey. It's not that, Hey, think positively and everything's going to be wonderful in your life. However, Thinking positively can be sort of the impetus for change. It can be that that point of getting traction for our lives. And without it, we're just going to be spinning our wheels. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you're going to be talking a little bit about another mindset, too. Absolutely. Like a mindful mindset? Yeah. Tell us about that. Based in mindfulness, that idea of just being able to live in the present moment, which is so hard to do. Our lives are so busy. Our brains are so distracted by so many things. If anybody's ever done a yoga class, uh, then the yoga teacher attempts to get you to think about your poses or what your body's doing, but your brain's thinking about work or is thinking about the kids or it's thinking about just about anything else it could be. It takes a lot of work to try to instead redirect, redirect your brain to what is happening right now. Um, our brains too, we talk a lot in therapy about this idea that when our brains and our thoughts are really living and thinking in the past, it tends to drive a lot of depression for people. Mm-hmm. And if our brains are living and thinking in the future, that tends to drive a lot of anxiety. We also can't control either of those things, the past or the future. But we can be present in the present moment. And we actually have way more control, maybe not over everything, but we have more control over what we are doing currently and our actions currently. So a mindful mindset really becomes empowering to know that in this moment, I can make a choice, right? I can start to get the wheels turning. Right now. Right Right Right, now. Yeah, I I don't have to wait uh, until the future. I can choose that right now. There's, Mm -hmm. There's really, if you think about it, how much control do I have over making that choice right now, percentage wise? How much control do I have? 50%? Uh, 75%. What gets in the way from making that choice right now? I, I right. would submit we have 100% control over what we are choosing to think about right in now. In this moment. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point. Yeah. So this really encourages us to use a lot of mindfulness skills, um, but it also allows space to not have to feel controlled by our thoughts and emotions. So that ties back into that emotional regulation we talked about at the beginning. If if it would allow us to be a more non-judgmental observer of ourselves in this moment, that could actually allow us to feel more in control of ourselves in our life. Absolutely. I think uh, as you were talking about mindfulness and how difficult it is, <laughs> yes. I had a flashback to uh, when my wife and I were so excited to show our kids uh, the, the really cool shows that we grew up with. And our kids, yeah. they didn't know like cool shows like we did growing up. So we were, <laughs> yes. we were sitting them down with popcorn one night, promoted and hyped up the, the two shows. I think it was Friday nights and we would watch it and the love boat, right? The oh, love sure. boat and fantasy island, which was kind of scary too <laughs> at times growing up. So we had to warn our kids this could be a little scary and it's going to be incredibly cool. And so we hype this up and we sit down and no kidding, we're about 15 minutes into the love boat and we're thinking, 
this is so incredibly <laughs> slow. Oh my goodness, this is mind-numbing and hard. It felt like such a serious downshift, like when you're going 60 miles an hour and you have to go down to 30 all uh-huh. of a sudden. It was because that's kind of how our our, our world really operates. And so we're, we're going, 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 going. Mm-hmm. And when you think about TV, the picture uh, changes so much more uh, rapidly today than when we grew up and our kids were like, so this is cool, right? And uh, this is why we don't think you guys are cool. And we had to admit, like, okay, this was really hard. But I think it illustrates how and why it is so hard for us to do that mindfulness in mm-hmm. our culture today. It's it's hard to downshift because we're going, 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 going all the mm-hmm. time. And we can almost feel as though I can't do it. Right. I can't do mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And it is hard when we do that. So I just wanted to underscore that, but also highlight that that can be a fixed mindset that impedes that that mindfulness mindset mm-hmm. that I can't do it it's just too slow my mind just keeps wandering we can do it and I just really wanted to encourage people you can do it and I know I have an ADHD it's hard for me my mind kind of going all the time oh look squirrel and mm-hmm. so I get it and it's been hugely impactful for me when I take mm-hmm. that time and train my brain uh, I can tell you it's it's Helped me. It was an, actually an area of growth mindset for myself to realize I could do this. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about a balanced mindset. Yes. Okay. So a balanced mindset, I think, is really important for us as well. Because consider this. We have about 77,000 thoughts and conversations every day. Mm-hmm. Women actually have more than men. I, I don't know that. I don't know what that means. I just heard that, okay? <laughs> I did not know that. So uh, I, I don't know what that means. Uh, it's just noteworthy. Um, so we have all those 77,000 thoughts, conversations every day, and uh, over 70% of those are negative. So it's like 52,000 negative wow. thoughts a day. And consider this. Of those 52,000, mm-hmm. give or take, over 90% of those thoughts are regurgitated. So going back to what I was saying before, like, oh, I stink. You know, that's one of those 52,000 thoughts I have a day that's probably being regurgitated throughout the day a okay. lot. I yeah. have no idea. Yeah. And when we're thinking about having a, a balanced mindset, what we're thinking about is balancing things out. It doesn't mean I stink. It means mm-hmm. I forgot. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean I stink. Mm-hmm. It means... I messed up, and sometimes I don't mess up. And right. so when we have this fixed mindset, notice what happens. We tend to think of things in all or nothing mm-hmm. terms, black or white. So uh, when I say I stink, I, I'm, I always forget things. Mm-hmm. I'm categorizing myself in all or nothing terms. Mm-hmm. And what that does is that increases our anxiety. It reinforces that fixed mindset. So what we try to do is balance that out. And the key word for us in trying to balance out our thoughts is the word and. Think of the word and or that little ampersand sign. That is powerful because it balances our thoughts. See, when we get into the opposite of of what we're trying to do with a balanced mindset, what we're doing is we have a dichotomous mindset. It's all or nothing. And that tends to raise uh, those negative 
emotions mm-hmm. and makes emotional regulation even harder for us. So what we're trying to do is balance that out. Mm-hmm. And the way we balance that out is by using the word and. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do better next time. Mm-hmm. I, I might have messed up now and sometimes I do really well. Right. And so we tend to do this in our culture too. If you look at the way our culture is, is operates, it operates a lot on all or nothing thinking. It's not balanced. Mm-hmm. Okay, we, we're not going to be political, but we can we can see that one political party looks at the other as all or nothing. They're all evil, mm-hmm. and if they came to our side, they'd be all good. And this and the other political side does the exact same thing, and then it's it's sort of preached out into our culture, and we hear this dichotomous view of the world, and it kind of raises our anxiety. And right? creates animosity. And animosity and disconnection. Yeah, thanks, because there's so much more mm-hmm. negative and destructive that happens. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we don't have a balanced mindset. Mm-hmm. And so people, we're going to be different. We're going to have different opinions. Some are going to be right. Some are going to be wrong. I, I remember talking to my wife, or my wife, my, my daughter, my daughter Angie. <laughs> she's awesome. And she, when she turned 18, I said, okay, you're an adult. Now we're, we're going to have, uh, as you get older, we become more friends. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be times though that we don't agree on things. Yeah. And so that's okay. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm going to think you're wrong and you're going to think, I'm all wrong, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. And we can have a relationship where we can sort of say, hmm, yeah, we disagree. That's balanced, having mm-hmm. a balanced mindset. And sometimes she's she's the one that's right, and mm-hmm. I'm wrong. And sometimes I'm the one that's right, and she's wrong. And we can coexist with that. Mm-hmm. And it makes that's what makes a relationship solid. That's what makes it secure and mm-hmm. safe, is when we can be with somebody, and they can disagree with us. Mm-hmm. And we know that that's okay. Now, if we can do that relationally, we can also do that internally in our own mind, too, mm-hmm. in the way we think about things. I can I can think one thing, and I can have an opposing view at the same time. They mm-hmm. can actually coexist. And so we don't want to categorize ourselves in solely negative nor solely positive matters. We, we need to have this balance. In fact, when we do this, it it not only lowers our anxiety, but it makes that emotional regulation you talked about at the beginning much more um, possible. Yes. So what do we do if we get stuck in a fixed mindset and we want to move into one of these new ones that we talked about today? Um, you know, I was thinking about there, there's a saying. Uh, I was looking into it, doing some research this week, and we can't really kind of figure out who truly originated this quote. Um, there's some versions of it that date way back to the 1800s, at least. But it's this. We don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. So I'm going to say that again. We don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. There was a French author, her name's Anaïs Nin. She used this quote in one of her books to emphasize the different mindsets in her two characters as they were walking along the Seine River. She said this, and I quote, she would see it as a silky, gray, sinuous and glittering. He would see it as opaque with fermented mud 
and a shoal of wine bottle corks and weeds caught in stagnant edges. And I really like that as a nice illustration of one person being stuck in a more fixed mindset Mm. and the other seeing the opportunities for growth in a way, but also change in the river itself, Mm. which allowed her to see it in a much more positive light. And so we were thinking about for the one who was really stuck in the more fixed mindset of the river, what could be some things that could help prompt him to see the river in the way the, the other woman or the woman that had seen it? Ideas of what could help us move into a new mindset. And I thought of her as embracing the river, even for its imperfections. I thought about how we can do that in our lives too, right? We can embrace ourselves even for the imperfections we might have. Reminding ourselves about the journey, not Mm. necessarily the destination. Allowing ourselves to be vulnerable, both with ourselves and with others. And we've done a lot of talking already on our podcast about that idea of vulnerability and why that's so important. Or even allowing mistakes to happen and allowing ourselves to learn from them too. Mm. I'm just taking that in, actually. Um, I didn't know you were going to be sharing these points and I'm really moved by it. I really, especially that first quote, we don't see things as they are. Mm-hmm. We see things as we are. Mm-hmm. I needed to just pause and sort of let that sink <laughs> in a little bit. I love that. That's going to stick with me today. Mm-hmm. We're going to provide an opportunity now for everybody to have something that will stick with you today and something tangible for you to do mm-hmm. moving forward. I'm going to do an exercise with you, and you can do it with me here. It's a very simple thing, but it's it's to help us uh, enter into that mindfulness mindset that you were talking about, Mm -hmm. Michelle. And really the purpose of it is to get us, as Michelle was talking about, in the present moment. That's what mindfulness does. Now, in addition to that, what this does, it helps us become sensitized to those intrusive thoughts. And some of those intrusive thoughts that come our mind are into our mind are typically those fixed thoughts, those fixed mindset thoughts. And so we become sensitized to that and we learn how not to judge ourselves Mm -hmm. when we have those intrusive thoughts. I don't know about you, Michelle, but I find myself getting frustrated that I have an intrusive thought Mm -hmm. or I have a negative emotion and I think, oh, I can't believe I had that thought or I have that emotion and now I'm judging myself. Totally. Yeah. And now I'm into the past, like Mm -hmm. you were saying before. Or the future. Or in the future. Mm -hmm. And so this is a very simple exercise and it's something we can build up uh, more mastery on over time. And Mm -hmm. it's simply this, it's starting off taking a couple deep breaths and we'll probably do an episode on, on deep breathing. You hear a lot about that. And why is that important? It helps us to relax. That's That really activates our parasympathetic nervous system so we can actually quite naturally mm-hmm. calm down. So we take a couple thoughts, uh, a couple breaths, I say, and then we start to count. And this is all it is, is noticing our breaths as we count. And so we would count with every full inhalation, we just quietly count to ourselves. One. And then we exhale. And as we finish our exhale, we count to ourselves two. We inhale and we count three. And we take a slow exhale and we count four. And we do this until we get up to the number 10. And then once we hit 10, we can start over again at one. 
And we try to build up, maybe doing this for about five minutes or longer, whatever floats your boat. But what this does is it helps us not only get present in the moment, but we're going to have inevitably during this time of counting intrusive thoughts. And so when we notice that, let's say I'm inhaling and I'm inhaling on five and I think, oh, I got to take the dog for a walk. And suddenly... I have an intrusive thought. I've stopped. And so I don't, I just notice that and I pivot away from it. I don't judge myself for doing that. And I start over at one again. Mm -hmm. Now, this doesn't sound like rocket science. And yet what it does is it helps us be in that present moment. It helps us be sensitized to when those thoughts actually come in. I mean, mm -hmm. 70,000 plus thoughts a day, that's a lot to become aware of. And so, it also helps us learn how to just pivot away from that. Now, mm -hmm. when I do this, I tend to compete and I tend to think, okay, this time I got up to five, next time I'm going to get up to 10. And so I'm pushing myself and I'm missing the whole point of it. And the whole point is, is over time, just to be able to count, focus on our breathing, listening to our breathing, notice our lungs as they, they fill and listen. And just be tuned into that. Mm -hmm. And as we do this, we can actually have that more mindful mindset. And you'll notice if you think you can't do this, you actually can. And when you notice that, you've transferred over to the growth mindset. Can I tell you something funny for like our closer for a podcast yeah, today? Yeah. When you were describing that, I was thinking about how I teach some deep breathing and like basic <laughs> mindfulness stuff to my four-year-old to toddler. Mm -hmm. And you're never Mom, too young Mom of to the learn. Year. That's I know, fantastic. right? Um, and <laughs> so it makes me think about when we're counting, and then he wants to turn it into a competition. He'll want to go. Let, let's do it to a hundred. I'm like, okay, let's do it to a hundred. How do you go to a hundred? He goes one, two, three, four, one hundred. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he knows how to count, but we got to turn into maybe a competition. <laughs> but it also got me thinking, not just about that, which is fun, but. Also, just thinking about toddlers and about how there's so much of a growth mindset with toddlers, mm. especially with my son. Like, nothing can stop him, right? If mm -hmm. he sets his mind to it, like, he, he wants to do it and he believes he can do it. And so I was just thinking about little kids and thinking about how a lot they're not in that fixed mindset for a lot of them. They still have a lot of growth and they see that growth in themselves and that potential. And, as you said, and they believe they can. Yes. They they have that. I think you highlighted it. They have that growth mindset because they believe mm -hmm. they can grow. They mm -hmm. believe and they want to grow. Mm -hmm. And what a powerful little illustration for all of us who might still be struggling mm -hmm. that little kids can show us the way. They can. Yeah. And growth is possible. All we have to do is choose it. Absolutely. So that, again, reminds us of our title and what we want to leave you off on today. That idea, you are who you choose to be. Again, we thank you so much for joining us today. And please make sure to like, share, and subscribe to our Psyched for Psychology podcast. We will have new episodes being released every Tuesday morning. You can find us on any major podcast streaming platform. And you can follow us for any of our new episodes. Again, please email us your comments to podcast at nystromcounseling.com and let us know any ideas for future topics that you would be psyched to hear us talk about. 
Again, you can learn more about Nystrom and Associates and all of our available mental health services by going to nystromcounseling.com. Thank you for joining. We're psyched to talk to you again soon. Thank you as always for listening and please be sure to leave us a review. While this podcast can't be a replacement for therapy, we hope you enjoyed our discussion today and join us again next time. Nystrom and Associates is always available to those who are struggling. If you find yourself in need of support and help, please check us out at nystromcounseling.com.